just real briefly here at the top of this recording on Saturday, September 21st, 2019. We are just 44 days at the time of this recording from Election Day 2019 in the state of Indiana. Tuesday, November 5th, 2019. Only 44 days away. We are only 17 days away at the time of the recording from voters registration ending. That means if you're not registered to vote, you have 17 days to do so. And that you can do from the ease of the chair that you're sitting in right now from the very device that you're listening to this on, be it your laptop, your desktop, an iPad, some other tablet, or your cell phone. Matter of fact, you can do it while listening to this very podcast simply by going to www.indianavoters, that's www.indiana. V-O-T-E-R-S dot com. For those of you that live outside of the state of Indiana, please check your area and your states. I'm positive that you can vote from your very own home or office. It's very easy. But for those of us here in Indiana, you only have 17 days to do so. You'll need to do that by Monday October 7th at 11.59 p.m. And then beyond that, in certain cities or counties, wherever you're at, you'll have to check your specific listings, but early voting will then start the next day. So that's only 18 days, for example, in the city of Muncie, where early voting will begin Tuesday, October 8th. That's what we're going to be covering in this episode, the 41st episode of Perception is Reality. This episode's going to be called Down to the Wire, where we're going to be talking about what we're looking at as this election season wraps up. This is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Who are you voting for? What are they saying? What do they stand for? What do their opponents stand for? Tell me the names of all the candidates running for city council or city clerk. Tell me what your mayoral candidates think. What is your mayoral candidate's plan to bring business to the community over a four-year period in office. What do your city councilors think their main job as a council person is? Do the candidates running 
or clerk or clerk treasurer, depending on what community that you're in, do they work well with the mayoral candidates and the council candidates? These are all just a scratch of the surface of questions that you should be having and hell, I'll be honest, by now you should know the answer to those questions. Good day, everyone. Whenever you're listening to this, thank you for joining. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey, and this is Perception is Reality. This is the 41st episode of the show called Down to the Wire, this episode is. I want to thank you for joining us Thank you for being here whenever you are, however you are, wherever you are, in your home, office, or car, and whatever platform you're listening to us on, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, or if you're listening at the home station of perception.fireside.fm, I want to welcome you and say thank you for listening, and I want to ask that you share this episode and all other episodes With everyone you know, if you would share this episode, just this episode and the link to the home station, perception.fireside.fm, with just five people that you know, I don't care which five, your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister, your co-workers, five people, then we would really build the audience, and that's really what we're trying to do here at the platform Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. We want to offer you the microphone. We want to offer the show and the thoughts and the ideas up for you so you can be part of the discussion and so we can have a well-rounded audience and we can all learn from each other and better our communities. So folks, we're getting down to the wire. That's why I called this episode that title, because we are close, man. What was it I said at the beginning? There's only 44 days until the actual big day, Tuesday, November 5th. There's only 18 days until early voting is open, and there's less than that 17 days until you can't register to vote anymore. So we're getting down to the wire, and there is a whole plethora of questions, issues, topics, and things that you need to be thinking about and we need to be thinking about if we are really, truly looking to make a difference. Here's what's been happening, folks, and I'm going to be really honest with you. Everybody keeps waiting on somebody else to do it. Everyone thinks that somebody else is coming, that there is help on the way, that more trained, intelligent, smart, more qualified people are going to do it. I'm telling you, folks, nobody's coming. Politically speaking, no one is coming to get us, to help us, to save us. It is all on our shoulders. I'm telling you, folks, Do not wait around. Do not think your neighbor's doing it. Do not think that me going to the poll is going to save the day. That's not it. That is absolutely not it. Don't think that your vote doesn't matter. A couple shows back, I told you, my grandmother lost an election one time in Delaware County by nine votes. A city council race in Winchester in 2015 
was lost and was decided by three votes. On the local level, your vote, your voice, your opinion, your action, or inaction makes a freaking difference. All right, I don't know how else to tell you. If you're not getting active, if you're not getting educated, then you're a problem. All right, I'm just going to say it that way. You need to be understanding what's at stake here. Man, I mean, Winchester is circling the drain, folks. Let me tell you this right now. I always say, in city government, or town government, or county government, you always need to ask yourself this one simple question. Am I, is my family, is my community, are my friends, are we in a better place right now than we were four years ago? And if the answer to that question is, yeah, we're in a better place now than we were four years ago, then here's what you need to do. You need to run out and vote for everybody that's currently in office. For those that aren't running for re-election, you need to vote for the people that they're endorsing because you're in a wonderful spot. But here's the little secret. I don't know any place that's in a better spot now than they were four years ago. Now, maybe Carmel is, maybe Fishers is in a good place, but if you're not in a good place, or if you're in Carmel or you're in Fishers and you don't think that you are, if you ask yourself, hey, I'm a citizen of Anderson and I'm uh, not doing too well and my community's not doing too well, or I'm a citizen of Indianapolis, or I'm a citizen of New York, or I'm a citizen of Boulder, Colorado, and, man, my community is just not doing well, then here's what you need to do. If you're not registered to vote, you need to get registered. This is very, very important that people understand this. You can know everything that you want to know, and you can be educated, and you can be up on all of the issues. You can know all of the candidates, and you can know who you support. But if you can't get in the door to pull the trigger, then nothing matters. So first and foremost, if you're not registered, you need to get registered, all right? That is very, very, very important. Okay, so if you're not registered, you need to get registered. If you live outside of Indiana and you want to know how to get registered contact me at khbilbury at gmail.com or hell you can call me or text me at 765-546-9796 and I can help you with that. I promise I will help you with that. So we've got to get registered. That is absolutely important. Okay. If you know somebody that is not registered, get them registered, have them contact me. I will do what I can to help you in any way. Once registered, or if you are already currently registered, then here's the very next thing that you need to do. You need to know what district that you're in. So that way you can know exactly who's going to be on your ballot, whether you vote early or you vote on election day. So you need to know where you vote. For example, in Randolph County and a couple other communities, we have vote centers. So you just show up to any vote center in the county 
and you can vote. You give them your ID, you give them your address, and you can vote. So that's not really that hard. In places like Muncie and a lot of other communities, you have to know where you go and you have to know where you vote because they won't let you vote just anywhere. Hopefully one day we can get that changed. I know Delaware County and the Delaware County Clerk's Office, led by Republican elected clerk Rick Spangler, is trying to push for vote centers now. Now, it won't be in time for this election, but this is something that will really help voter turnout, in my opinion. In Delaware County, this is something that you guys need. In Randolph County, it has absolutely helped us, and it's magnificent. Basically, for people who work in maybe in Richmond, but live in Winchester, you don't have to worry about going to a polling place in Winchester. You can get up and get ready for work and drive towards your work, and you can stop in Lynn and vote and it's amazing. Like, for example, if I didn't vote early and I voted on election day, as I was heading to Muncie, I would probably stop in Parker and vote, and that way it's out of the way, it's easy, you know there's not going to be much of a line, and it's very quick and it's very easy. Delaware County and all other counties need this. Everywhere needs to go to the vote center models. I hope to have an interview with the Delaware County Clerk promoting this idea here very shortly. I'm going to sit down with him and try to talk about maybe getting an interview out so that people can know the pros and cons and the benefits and kind of what's going on there. Okay, so besides that, then what is there? You know where you are, you know how to vote, you know where you got to go to. What's next? Now you got to know... Who's running for office in your district council seat? Who's running in the at-large council seats? Who's running for clerk or clerk treasurer, depending on what kind of city structure you're in? Who is running for mayor? Or past this election, in the county races, who's running for sheriff? Who's running for prosecutor? Who's running for judge? Who's running for recorder? Or who's running for clerk? You know, those are all things that we need to think about. That's one of the biggest things. Who are you supporting? Ladies and gentlemen, I've said this all the time. Local politics is not a massive ordeal or massive issue between Republican and Democrat. The national level is because you're talking about things such as Second Amendment rights issues and abortion and immigration and military issues for the United States. But on the local level, we're not deciding that, okay? I understand that it's the local races that farm up to the state races and it's the state races that then give up to the national races so at some point, politics, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, things like that, start playing a difference. But on the local races, mayor, council, clerk, it doesn't matter, folks. It really, really does not matter. 
So you can be a Republican and you can support and vote for a Democrat. Or you can be a Democrat and you can vote or support a Republican. We need to get to the point where common sense rules the day. So you need to know who is running. You need to know, are there two candidates, three candidates, five candidates... In this race, do I only vote for one? Or like the at-large races, do I vote for more? What is happening? Who's running? And what their ideas are. Now, this is a little bit more difficult because in some places and some candidates, during the elections, they're trying to talk to literally everybody that they can. They want their face out there, they want their name out there, they want their platform out there, and they want to talk to everybody. They want to talk to the white community, the black community, they want to talk to the Republicans, they want to talk to the Democrats, they want to talk to straight people, gay people, they want to talk to everybody. Because they're running in an election, and they're looking for votes, and keep in mind, every vote counts. That's very important to keep in mind. Okay, so that's what they're doing. However, some candidates, they're kind of meek and mild and they're back in the corner and they don't want to talk to this person and they don't want to talk to that person and they don't want to talk to Bilbrey because he's mean. (laughs) Okay, if you are running a race and you're meek and mild and you're afraid to talk to somebody that might not agree with you, you should probably sit down, okay? You should probably drop out and quit because you're not going to win. And if you do win, you're probably going to resign or quit or drop out because you're not going to be able to last the entire four years because you're going to be talking to people that disagree with you a lot. So if you can't talk to somebody like me who at least will be fair. We might disagree, and I might give you hell, and we might debate, but that's what this is, okay? That's what this is. It's important to understand that in election season, everything is political, all right? When I say that on the local level, it's not politics, I mean... We don't have to worry about the Republican-Democrat angle, or we shouldn't be. Common sense should rule the day. However, it's all politics. And in the end of the day, during election season, honey, it's all politics. And so that's what it is. So if you're running for office and you're afraid to talk to me, then you need to reevaluate where you are. Because, yeah, I might be adversarial because of my beliefs or because of things that have happened, but I'm going to be fair to you. When I'm offering interviews for candidates, that's not for my health. That's not just for me because I like talking to them and I'm keeping that all in an archive where I go back and listen to later. I'm doing that for the public. All right. I'm doing that for the candidate. So what I'm doing is I'm not debating that official or that candidate running for re-election or for a new seat 
or that first-time candidate. I'm not interviewing them to debate them because of our differences, or I'm not interviewing them to pat them on the back because I agree. Those would be fun interviews, and I would welcome any current elected official to ever come on the show and debate a point with me a point that we might disagree on. Like, I would welcome Nora Powell on this show any time to tell me why I'm wrong, where I'm wrong. I would welcome Sean Byram any time, all right? I would welcome those people to tell me their side, to tell, more importantly, you all their side, and then for us to debate. But when I'm talking to candidates, that's not what it's about. Have you ever heard me play a gotcha game with any of the candidates? No. I formulate the questions based off the jobs they're running, not the questions that they run at some forums like, tell me who you are, give me your favorite number, give me your favorite color, nonsense that nobody cares about. I come up with well-thought-out, meaningful questions, questions that as a voter I want to know the answer to, Questions that, as you all, the listeners, as the voters, need to know the answers to. And then I ask the questions after the candidates have already seen the questions ahead of time. I give them the questions so they know what's coming. And then we pick a time and we do the interview. And then you can use that interview John Q. Public can use that interview. John Doe, Jane Doe can use that interview at their time, at their discretion, at their convenience. That way, if somebody works second shift, they can watch it at 4 o'clock in the morning. If somebody can't go to the forum, they can watch it on their time. They can re-watch it if they want to hear what the person said about this or about that. They can watch it on election day out in the parking lot to get a name or to get a thought or get an idea. It's for the public. So when there are candidates that refuse to do that, we as good citizens, we as the voters, as the bosses, have to ask what the hell is up there? We have to say, whoa, this doesn't seem right. We're not okay with this. What is going on right now that you don't want to talk to somebody that can help get your voice out? Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm humble with this show, all right? I don't go around bragging and just going crazy about all the listeners and the people that are tuning in and the people that are coming up and talking. I don't do that. I try to downplay myself. But the truth of the matter is... This is a growing podcast. This is an influential platform. All right? I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. That's, I'm saying that to, to say congratulations to you guys. I'm saying thank you to you guys. But what that means is this is a way to get your voice out. In a day and an age where... The forums in some communities are getting less and less, and newspaper coverage is less and less, and 
people don't like or trust newspapers. Hell, the News Gazette's not very well read in Winchester, Randolph County. The Star Press is an absolute shit show, and nobody takes it seriously. So when that happens, you have to look to alternative media. And like it or not, ta-da, here I am. All right, so when I'm asking the Democrat candidate for City Council District 4 in Winchester, Kevin Carino, to do an interview and explaining to him what it is and it's not a debate and blah, 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 and he says no, he's not saying no to me. I could give a rat's ass if I talk to him or not. He's not going to win and the public is going to vote him back to high school, but He's saying no to the district, okay? He's saying no to the voters that will be casting ballots for or against him. Keep that in mind. When candidates in Muncie say no, they're not saying no to me. They're saying no to you. So as voters... As concerned citizens trying to get engaged, it's down to the wire, folks. We need to start asking these questions and start knowing these answers. And it's down to the wire for the candidates. It's time for them to decide to step up to the plate, put on their big boy and big girl pants and pants and pants and underwear and panties or whatever you want to say. And they need to pull the trigger and get as much information in front of as many of you as possible. And if they're not willing to do that, well then first of all, shame on them. And second of all, we just don't vote for them. Look, I have an agenda and I have my beliefs and my platform. All right. I'm not a straight down the center, just the facts, ma'am, type of giving you the information with no spin. I'm going to give you just the facts and then I'm going to tell you my opinion on those facts. And so we're getting down to the wire and we're getting down to needing to know these type of things. And it's getting down to the wire for them. Keep in mind, we've only got 17 days to be able to register to vote, 18 days until early voting starts, and 44 days until it's over. 44 days until the big 12-hour long election day. All right, so also getting down to the wire... I want to talk a little bit about a couple very important things. Now, coming up here in just a few episodes, I'm going to be doing a show all about voters registration and early voting, absentee ballot voting, and what all that covers. So we're going to be talking about that just in about three or four episodes from now, and we'll cover all of that then. But I do want to say a couple quick dates because we are coming down to the wire. Like I said, October 7th at 11.59 p.m. is the deadline to register to vote. October 8th is the first day that voters may cast absentee ballots by going to their county clerk's office and voting. October 24th is the deadline for absentee by mail applications to be received by the clerk's office. So if you are in bed, if you are homebound, if you are sick and you need something to be mailed to you in order for you to vote an absentee by mail ballot, 
you have to turn in your application to the clerk's office on or before October 24th. Now, where do you get that absentee ballot? You go to in.gov backslash SOS, which is Secretary of State, backslash elections, and go to the absentee voting. So if you go to the Indiana Secretary of State's website, and I will put a link of all of this in the description when I'm getting the show notes ready here in just a few moments, so you can have that to click on. But you get that application there, okay? There are a couple other ways to do that and deadlines, and you'll have to do everything that you need is on this website. If you have any questions, please, please let me know, and we'll cover all of this in more detail in a couple episodes. But I'm just letting you know that there are serious deadlines that are quickly approaching us, folks. There are serious deadlines that are quickly going to pass by. Every election season, every election season, it does not fail. I always talk to a couple people who say, oh, damn, I went to vote, but I wasn't registered, or I tried to do this, and they wouldn't let me mail one to my house, or they wouldn't come there, and so I didn't get a vote. And that person is stuck until the next election cycle, and that sucks. Don't be that person. Be somebody that's trying to make a difference, that's trying to better your local government by your citizen involvement. And part of that entails knowing what's going on, knowing how to do this stuff and voting. This is something that just adults should do, folks. You're that age. If you're 18 or older, it's time to get with us. It's time to get serious, and it's time to vote. Okay, after this quick break, we're going to be coming back, and I'm going to be bringing on my producers, Kate and Niles Thornburg, and we're going to be talking just a little bit more about some things that are coming up that are going to be really important for all of you out there that are trying to make a difference. We'll be right back. You're listening to Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. All right, well, we are back. I'm Christopher H. Bilbury, and we have with us now one half of the vulgar poets, Kate Thornburg. Her husband is indisposed at the moment, but Kate is with us, and I just wanted to add another person to the conversation as we kind of talk about where we are in this election season. It doesn't matter if you're listening to this tonight when the episode drops or if you're listening to this next week. Hell, if you're listening to it next week, we're even closer. So we're at the point where we're kind of getting down to the nitty-gritty. And if you're listening to this in six months, God bless you, uh, but this applies to wherever you are at when you are within... 45 or so days. I always say once you get down to 100 days of the campaign, it really flies by. And then once you get into the double digits, it's it's out of control. So we are in a position, basically, where it's time for the public to really get an understanding of who they're voting for. You know, I feel like... In my lifetime, 
I've heard so many people say, well, I just go in and I pull the trigger for, you know, somebody whose name looks cool. And there's all these stats that women will vote for women who are on the ballot. And 50% of the people, if they don't know who's running for office, they'll vote for the person whose name appears first. And 50% will vote for who appears second. And 50% will appear for the first alphabetical name. All that stuff is crazy because we're at a point where specifically locally, your vote does matter. Your voice and opinion does matter. And I keep harping on it, and I keep harping on it, but I want to come back and say it just in case you haven't heard me, that my grandmother lost an election one time by nine votes. And Jim Nunez, running for city council in Winchester, Indiana, in 2015, lost an election by three votes. That's maddening. I, I mean, I, I don't even know what I could, what I would do if if something like that occurred. So we're to the point where people really need to stop playing games. I, I don't even. I used to say that if you're not educated, get out of the way. I'm not saying that. I'm saying please, if you're not educated, I am begging you. I'm grabbing you by your shirt and shaking you and saying. Don't stop. Now is the time to get educated, to get involved, and to care about what's happening. So rather than just hearing me babble on and you guys assume out there, you know, yeah, maybe it's important for me to know what's going on. I figured I'd bring Kate on and uh, we could hear, you know, besides being a producer of the show, uh, Kate is a mother, a wife. She uh, has a multitude of other different jobs, but how, how it affects what's going on here is she's a voter. So in your neck of the woods, which happens to be my neck of the woods, Kate, but uh, besides that, what you have to say probably uh, benefits anyone listening, whether you're in Indiana or outside of Indiana. What are things that you right now at this point in the election cycle are looking at? Well, first, I want to thank you for being so nice about my husband being indisposed because he's actually just passed out that <laughs> time and night. He's done. Um, <laughs> but kids will do that to you, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> but, but you make a really good point about, about local politics and educating yourself about who your candidates are because your vote really does matter at a local level. So it's really important to know who it is you're going in and pulling that trigger for. Um, but even more so than that, the votes that you're doing on a local level, who you're voting for on a local level, affects you so much more than on a state or a national level. The, the president signing a bill in Washington, D.C. does not affect you so much as your city councilor uh, making an ordinance to say you, you have to paint your front porch purple. You know, um, so I, it's really, really important to, to, to know who your candidates are. And that's what my big concern is right now, is because I am at a loss for who to vote for. Um, and in a couple of the races going on in the municipal uh, elections coming up here in November, uh, who do I vote for for mayor? I, I don't know either of the candidates. I've, I've talked to them socially. Right. They're both very nice gentlemen. Uh, they're both very friendly and outgoing. But as far as their politics go, what they have in mind for the city of Winchester... I don't know. And, and I am not going to go out of my way 
and, and Facebook friend them because that's the only place that they're, they're putting their information out is on Facebook. I'm not going to friend them to try to learn that. That's not my job as a voter. Their right. job as a candidate is to make sure that I know what they stand for and I know what they want to do so that I will go in and pull the trigger for them. Right. So well, there and- comes a point where I, I, I can do everything I can to learn about my candidates, but my candidates need to be working to make sure that every voter has the opportunity to learn, and our candidates right now are not. Right, absolutely. Well, and, and you make a good point there that, you know, uh, you're not going to or don't feel that you should go out of your way to Facebook friend request these people. You know, uh, it's just such a weird, weird thing. I, I can remember my grandmother has since passed away in 2016, but uh, a very uh, politically minded individual. Uh, sh- you have her all to blame for me. <laughs> but uh, she used to say campaigns will not be won on social media and Facebook and stay off Facebook. And, and I, you know, I that's one of the things I can say that she she was wrong about because that's that's the future and that's where we're at. But to your point, keep in mind, we still have candidates who are actively blocking people on social media. They're using their personal pages as their campaign pages, which is yeah. a big problem. They're not making a, a public page, yep. uh, like, like a business or something like that, that anyone can go to and anyone can look at. If I pull up um, either one of our candidates' uh, Facebook pages, I can see some of their posts, which they've made public. But for the most part, I can't I see one out of every, you know, 30 that they've put up. That's not going to let me learn who they are or what they want to do with mayor. And as I said, it is not my job to do that. It's their job to do it. So if they want to use the Facebook friend's personal page to, to do their campaigning, then they need to find, go to the phone book and friend every single citizen of Winchester. That's the thing that kills me. When, when I ran in 2015... I I went through and I friended everybody that had a I, hell I, I think I got some people from Winchester Virginia Winchester Kentucky Winchester England if if you <laughs> if your Facebook profile had Winchester in it I friended you because I wanted I now I still did a walking campaign I still touched people's doors, my feet hit the ground, I hung material, I I went to events, and I talked to as many people as I could, even people that I knew were adversarial. You had a candidate knock on your door today, uh, and and I, I believe it's pretty well known that you are not supportive of this candidate because when I pulled into your uh, your driveway today, you had a campaign sign for this candidate's opponent. But yet, I have to give him credit for walking up to the driveway and uh, knocking on your door and taking the time to talk to you. I do have to give him credit for that. And the fact that we have positions like mayor that have candidates that are running... You haven't received a knock on the door from either one of the mayoral candidates, have you? No, we have not. 
Okay. Um, and I mean, we plan on going to, to the upcoming candidate forum and trying to talk to them, but I, I work for the newspaper here in town. So I'm going to be in kind of an odd position um, where they're going to be putting on their very best face because I'll be writing the article for the paper. So it's not as personable because of the position I'm going to be in sure. uh, as a reporter. So they're going to be a lot more formal with me than, than, you know, talking on the street about politics and what their policies are, or if they came to the door and we could talk about policy and politics. But uh, so we're going to do that. But from what I understand, they get to talk three to five minutes and then it's a bunch of milling around for an hour and a half. I don't know how much I can learn about that, especially when they're not opening the floor for questions and they're not going to be allowing anyone to record it. So really the only news that's going to be coming out of that forum is going to be whatever it is that I write for the newspaper. Absolutely. Well, and and I'll do my best to make sure I inform everybody as best as I can what they say, but... Right. Well, and and I'll tell you, I, I don't know how much anybody... You, me, or or the people just out there in the world in Winchester are going to learn from what's your name, where do you work, uh, what you know, what made you decide to run, and what's your favorite color. I mean, you know, we're it's 2019. This is a city. I know it's a third class city. <laughs> And there's a lot of jokes that could be made there, but that's just the the title of the city because of the population that we have. Winchester is a third-class city, but, you know, damn, it's still a city. Functioning goes on. These questions are more questions that are seen more relevant in a school council uh, for, you know, fifth-grade student council rather than for a functioning city uh, that's in, you know... Indiana, that's 30 minutes from Muncie, that's 30 minutes from Richmond, that's 30 minutes from Portland, you know, on 27, we have potential to be so much more than we currently are, but yet we're asking our candidates what their hopes and dreams are, and that just, not a lot can be learned from that. So there's a whole lot of candidates Excuse me, there's a whole lot of citizens that are going to be making decisions on people. And let me explain this. What we're talking about, you could take it out of Winchester and apply it to Muncie or apply it to Indianapolis or apply it to any community in Kentucky or Colorado or you know wherever. What we're talking about isn't just, you know, Winchester. You need to know these answers to these questions and you well, need to think a about candidate I, i'm sorry no go ahead you. you're fine a- a- asking a candidate you know what is one thing you hope to accomplish uh, okay fine great you you want the council and the and the mayor to be able to be on a more uh cooperative uh be on more cooperative terms uh for the you know your tenure but that doesn't address what are some of the things that you see that are problems in our city? And what are your solutions for those problems? Yes, yes. Uh, hopes and dreams do not address, you know, my issue with being told I have to paint my front porch purple, which hasn't happened, by the way, but it's the most ridiculous example I could think of. <laughs> yeah, um, right. You know, how, do, how are you going to uh, 
uh, address, you know, the, the blighted homes? How are you going to address bringing in more jobs? How are you going to address property taxes? Uh, things like that that affect me, where I live, and hit my pocketbook. Absolutely. Absolutely. Questions so, um, and, that matter. And if they're, and if they're, and if they're not going to be able to give that information at a forum, if we're not going to be allowed to address those issues, how can I know who to pull the trigger for? Right. That's. I'm still not an informed voter. And right. it irritates the snot out of me. And if I am not an informed voter, I can promise you one thing, Chris. When I walk into that booth, I will not pull the trigger right. on any of them. Yep. Well, you know, and I guess there might be some argument that could be made that that's what they hope happens and that the same 800 people vote that's already in place, you know, yada, yada, yada. But I, I don't know why the other people who aren't the quote-unquote candidates for the beautiful people, why you would even even mess around with running if, you, if you're agreeing to that kind of thought. And it almost seems like we have some races where we've got two people running and both people only want one person to win. And that seems kind of crazy. But it's also, we're, we're in a position where, specifically in Winchester, but also there's happening this same situation in Muncie, where folks, there are candidates currently running for office in both Winchester and Muncie and in a lot of other communities who were not on the ballot in May. See, that's the other big sticking point. People say, well, we've been campaigning since the beginning of the year. Yeah, that's true. But there are candidates who are currently on the ballot who you will go to the polls and vote for who only got on the ballot in June, who only got on the ballot in July, and I believe some somehow made it on in August. We have independent voters. We in Muncie has Green Party voters. There are libertarian, or excuse me, we have independent candidates. We have Green Party candidates. We have libertarian candidates. So there are candidates who are on the ballot who people will be going to vote for that just got on in the last couple months. And so we don't have a clue who these people are. And that's a yeah. problem at, you know, T-minus 44 days until the election. Yeah, we have three candidates for clerk here in Winchester, and only one was on the ballot in May. <laughs> right, that's insane. And so for us to not have a way to access, and for apparently they, they to not care about us having a way to know who they are or what's going on, just seems... Absolutely insane. I also want to make a point that sure. we have two candidates running for, for the same office who seem to have some kind of gentleman's agreement between the two of them that neither will say anything bad about the other. Ah, uh, yes. And and that is very true. And one of them's been in, 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 in elected positions before and has a record of voting for huge expenditure projects which the other candidate won't bring up, so he never has to answer. The other guy had never has to answer for it. Absolutely. I don't know why he voted for them. Absolutely. Uh, to, and to, if I can trust him in the office that he's running for, to not do that anymore, or to make sure that they are funded in a way that doesn't take away from economic development or from 
personnel or whatever it might be. Absolutely, and that's a that's a really good point on a couple a, a couple issues there. Um, one we one of the candidates we're talking about the mayoral race. We have one candidate, the Republican Bob McCoy, who is currently a sitting county councilor who has been on the city council in Winchester before and actually left that seat early. And so he is in that seat, and he does have a record that citizens or that political opponents could point to that he should have to be accountable for. Now, the other opponent, his opponent, the Democratic candidate for mayor, is Bill Richmond, and although he's not been an elected official, he has been an appointed official for the city government. He is a member of the Board of Works, and he has voted on topics, on issues that could also be of question. And so I very much like that they're trying to be kind they don't want to sling any mud and and nobody necessarily wants that it doesn't need to be down and dirty Uh, in the gutter you can bring up someone's voting record without being a jerk about it right without there being name calling just simply say you know why did you vote for this well yeah and that's like i said today standing in in your kitchen talking to uh you and niles that uh you know if you have two people running and both of them feel that one of them is the greatest guy in the world, then I don't understand why one of them's not dropping out and just saying, okay, I concede to the other one. If they're both the best man for the job, then make an agreement, bow out, and let somebody else you know, have the slot because what they're doing is currently crazy. You know, here, here's the thing. I've been the crazy person since 2015 because I've said, hey, I love Winchester and I want to love Winchester in four years and five and ten years from now and Winchester is kind of in a a shitty shape right now and we really need to do some things as a community and everyone was like, what? You need a move. How dare you say that? And they're not being realistic and so what we're seeing here is these people attempting to say, well, we're not going to have any of the negative drama and we're not going to have any of the, you know, the Bilberry type shit going on. And we're going to, you know, we're going to be the Winchester that we are. Well, let me tell you what that's going to do. We're going to dry up and blow away, much like Saratoga did, much like Red Key, much like Ridgeville. You know, communities can die. And right now, we're seeing kind of a maybe a long, slow, painful death. Now, I, I think that Winchester can also thrive. Winchester can, can grow, but we're not going to do it by smiling and patting each other on the back and saying how wonderful we're doing as we're circling the drain. That's just that's just that. So you brought up a good point there uh, because, you know, like I said earlier, and I said I did say the quote earlier, it's election season. Everything is political. Politics is politics. 
I mean, you can do that without slitting somebody's throat, but you still, we're running a campaign here, folks. We are getting down to the wire, so they need to get off their butts, and they need to get out there, and they need to be doing this. They need to be willing to talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't see that happening. There are a lot of people out here that I think, you know, that that seem interested, you know, and I guess I guess maybe they know exactly what they're doing because continuing to do what they're doing uh, is quite possibly what forces people to stop caring. It forces the apathy. It's almost like forced apathy. They force us into saying, okay, you know what? Uh, They don't care. We're done. And that's what you know, I'm trying to fight back against. That's what I know you guys are trying to fight against, and and that's the what we're. Quo is not good enough. Absolutely, saying that's the way it's always been, just simply does not cut it, and that's for everywhere. Uh, well, very good. I want to thank you for coming on and talking with me and talking to uh, the listeners out there. We'll have to have you and uh, Niall both on uh, here again in the future. <laughs> Earlier in the day when he's conscious. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, I appreciate it. Uh, and we will, uh, we will see you, uh, on the flip side. Thanks for all you do here. And, uh, thank you very much for coming on tonight. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate this as always. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for us for this 41st episode of Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Thank you for tuning in. And I want to say thank you to producer Kate, one half of the Vulgar Poets, the producers here on the show. I do want to say stay tuned in the very near future for Merch is Reality. In the upcoming future, you're going to be able to buy hats, mugs, shirts, and a whole lot of other crap with Perception Is Reality logos and quotes on the various merchandise. I want to thank you, the fans, the listeners, the people who hate me, whatever. Thank you for listening, for tuning in episode after episode. Thank you for staying in contact with me. But moreover, thank you for spreading the word, perception.fireside.fm. A big thank you goes out to producers Kate and Niles. And for all of us here at Perception Is Reality, take care of one another. God bless. Be safe. Stay active. Stay involved. And we'll see you again real soon. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception Perception is is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.